All right, team, it's good for me to be here with you guys tonight. I'm encouraged just to sing those songs and to have those prayers prayed over me and to hear that encouragement. I hope to give you a little bit of encouragement tonight. Uh, thank you for that introduction. By way of further introduction, I'm going to do the kind of typical, like, guy gets on stage in front of a crowd thing and show you a picture of my family. So uh, this was almost a year ago out in the front yard while everybody was sheltered in place. Remember those fun days? Um, and this is my wife, Allie, sitting in the camping chair next to me, uh, our oldest, Chapman, who's 13, Cole, with the blue hair. It's not blue today, um, but that was something when you're in virtual school and you don't have anything else to do, you let your kids color their hair blue. And then Annabelle, uh, who's eight years old, is there on the bike. So that is my family. And like Ryan mentioned, I've been here at Watermark. Um, I've been at Watermark for almost 19 years. In May, it will be 19 years I don't even feel like I'm 19 years old, but we're starting to look like it. Um, and so this is the early days, like 2002, 2003. This is a picture uh, that was not digital. I took a picture of it because I keep it on a magnet board in my office. This is me uh, on the far left uh, playing guitar and singing. Braun Brown singing with me. He's another guy that's on staff here. And then a couple other guys. Russ Holmes actually in my community group here at church uh, playing bass in those early days. That's what our student ministry looked like here. And then just a few years ago, this picture was taken that I feel like is indicative of like how far we've come. I'm up in the, the rafters over the auditorium as it's filling up with teenagers for an event we did called D-Town a couple years ago. And so that just reflects how long I've been here. And so having been here that long, here, here's what's uh, really uh, fun is I was actually in a meeting today with someone else on staff uh, who I work closely with. And she was like, hey, did you know that in like 2003, I was in the youth group at Watermark with you and Braun? I was like, what? Like I had no idea she was a student at Trinity Christian Academy. So I've been here long enough to see students come through the ministry, go away to college, come back and start families of their own and then join our staff or join our church or go all over the world. And so in that time, having had those experiences, um, several times I've been asked this, but I remember one real specific is another guy on staff came up to me. We we're in the copy room on the eighth floor. Um, it's got several kids, and he said, hey, you've seen a lot of kids come through here. The ones that are healthy adults, what happened in their life when they were younger, um, in their families and in their life, that you think would be a predictor of healthy adults? And I thought that was a really good question. I think I gave a mediocre answer in that moment, but it got me thinking. And uh, what I want to share with you tonight is what I think is my best answer to that question uh, that I have today is, what is the single most powerful predictor of healthy kids? Now, I recognize this. Not everybody who comes to re-engage has kids, but maybe you will someday, or maybe you think you don't have kids, but they've grown and they're out of your home, and I'm telling you, you're still a parent, and it's not too late have an influence on your kids' lives. So whether you have kids right now or you have grown kids or you may have kids someday, I want to talk to you about um, what the most, the healthiest kids at Watermark have in common, the healthiest Watermark graduates have in common. I want to share with you the single most powerful predictor. I think you got handouts when you came in. This is a really fun exercise to try to follow along and keep up with me, uh, but I, I'm going to share with you the single most powerful predictor of healthy kids is this. It's at least one parent whose life is being personally transformed by God. And as I looked back, you know, I thought my answer was going to be, well, it was the kids 
that got in one of our watermark small groups in sixth grade, and they went every single week until they graduated high school, and they went to every event, to every mission trip, to every retreat, and they, were, they signed up for everything. If they went to Haiti, those, all those kids are the healthiest ones. And as I looked back, and I was like looking at all these adults that are just thriving in life, that had come through our ministry, they didn't have those things necessarily always in common. And so as I studied them, I realized this. The healthiest adult graduates, like kids that came through, they had at least one parent who wasn't just real faithful church going, but like that parent, I knew their story and their life had been transformed by God. And bonus, if both parents' life had been transformed by God. And it just uh, reminded me and, and cemented in my mind what I know to be true is that the most powerful influence in kids is not church youth ministry. It is the parents that they live with in their home. And so to help you guys out, and, and you know, God's word tells us this, right? Hebrews 13, 7, I want to make sure and mention this before we move on. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So God's word calls us not just to remember what's taught to us, but to look at how people live and imitate that. And I, I want all parents to know or parents to be to know that kids in your home are watching you and imitating you in your faith. They are considering the outcome of your way of life and mimicking your patterns of behavior. And so if faith is transforming your, your life day after day, the chances are excellent that the faith of your children will follow suit. So here's what I want to do with the rest of our time we have is I want to give you Three characteristics of this, all right? So what is a parent whose life is being personally transformed by God? What does that mean? I'm going to give you three characteristics and then three reflection questions for you just to think about and maybe discuss with your spouse or someone else um, about whether or not these characteristics define you. So here's the first one. Uh, a, a parent whose life is personally being transformed by God has a humble authenticity about their own need for transformation, humble authenticity with their kids about their need for transformation. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, a very small book in chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, it'll be on the screen, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. But if we claim to be without sin, like if we make our kids think that we're perfect and we have it all together, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Simply put, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so parents, your kids need you to live in the light. They need to know that you have sinned and you continue to struggle with sin. They need to know that you repent. They need to know that you are forgiven. Sin with your kids in the home is sometimes a hard thing to talk about. But when we allow our children to see our sin and understand that God forgives us, we're helping them see their own sin and that God can forgive them. So this authenticity and this being real about how you struggle, how you are weak, how you've made mistakes, how you have sinned, this is the thing, especially as your kids become teenagers, that bridges the gap. It levels the playing field between us and our children, and it allows them to see us 
and connect with us in a very real way. It doesn't separate us from them. It brings us closer because we're like them. We're fallen sinners in need of a Savior. So our honesty about our brokenness makes us seem less threatening and condemning to our children and opens the lines of communication. And then we can share the goodness of God in a personal, real way with them. So here's your question is, how have you shared with your kids in an age-appropriate manner? Obviously, you, you might not want to share every uh, kind of specific instance of sin in your life, but in an age-appropriate manner, specifically, specifics though, on some level, how sin has broken your life and exposed your own need for redemption and healing. Because if your kids are going to be healthy adults, they have to come to understand and recognize their need for redemption and healing, and they will do that quicker and smoother if they see their parents recognize your need for redemption and healing. So this is a great question for you guys to wrestle with. Number two, the second character quality of a parent who's being personally transformed by God is an obvious, an obvious devotion to understanding and obeying the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 9 and 105 says, how can a young person stay pure? The answer to that question is by obeying your word. And then Psalm 119 talks about God's word over and over again. And when you get to verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. In the New Testament, the apostle Paul says to Timothy, uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So let me ask you a question, parents. Do you want your kids to stay pure? Do you want your kids to find their path for life? Do you want your kids to understand where they go wrong? Do you want your kids to be equipped to do good? God's word is the key to all of these things. And they probably won't read and apply God's word if they don't see you read and apply God's word. It's one of my most precious memories. My parents weren't perfect, um, but one of my most precious memories is my mom. Every single morning, whatever time I got up, uh, I knew there was evidence. Either her Bible was open or she was there with her Bible every morning spending time in the Bible. And then she, she would write down prayers for me and my sister. And she would share with us what she was praying for us. And when we would eat breakfast, she would share with us something she learned from God's word. And to this day, I do the same thing with my children. I'm going through a Bible reading plan that Watermark has called Join the Journey. And this morning, uh, I read a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 to my kids. And it talks about how parents should uh, incorporate God's word into every part of their life. And I got to ask my children at the breakfast table this morning, hey, where have you seen God's word in our house or in our car? And they're like, you have a note card in your car with a Bible verse on it. Yeah, and we're trying to memorize it together. There's a Bible verse over there in the kitchen. We have one up in the wall in our room. Oh, there's one in that room. And we had that discussion. It's because my mom did that for me. So, parents, here's your question for this one. When is your time, place, and plan for spending time with God? And do your kids know what God is revealing to you through his word each day. Because if you want your kids to stay pure, to find their path in life, to understand where they go wrong, to know how to do good, they've got to be connected with God's word. And they're not going to be connected with God's word unless you are. And so can you answer this question? Do you have a regular time, place, and plan for spending time with God? And do your kids know what God is teaching you every day? So let's talk about the third uh, characteristic of a parent who's being personally transformed 
by God. And that's this, an uncompromising commitment to prioritizing God's provision of community and service. So let me show you some verses to flesh this one out and explain it. The third one is an uncompromising commitment to prioritizing God's provisions of community and service. The Bible tells us in the the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 4 and, and then 10 and 11, just as our bodies have many different parts, I've got a hand, I've got an eye, I've got, you know, feet and legs, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are many parts, but we all belong to each other. And so we love each other with genuine affection. We take delight in honoring each other. And we're not to be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So God has us here on this earth for a purpose and for a mission. And we are to use our gifts and our abilities and our unique design to serve one another. 1 Peter 4.10 says it a little more concisely. It says, God has given each of you a gift. This applies to every single one of you in this room. He's given you a gift. Out of his great variety of spiritual gifts, we should use them well to serve one another. So let me ask you this about your kids. Do you want your kids to have friends that they can count on? Do you want them to be a source of encouragement and hope and strength for others? Like, Do you want them to find a place where they fit and they belong and others need them and they need others? Do you want your kids to serve at a church? If you want these things for your kids, you have to go first. So every Tuesday morning, I don't drive my kids to school and share with them God's word. And my kids know why. It's because every Tuesday morning at 6.45 a.m., I'm in the lobby right down here below us, and I'm meeting with four other men who I've met with every Tuesday morning at 6.45 for 15 years. And they know that I'm going to those men and I'm confessing sin to them on how I've struggled that week, what I'm tempted towards that week. I'm updating them on how my marriage is with my wife. I'm getting updates from them. We're encouraging each other. We're strengthening each other. I'm asking them, how have you served others and shared God's truth and love with others? And they're asking me the same. And my kids know that, that I can't go through life alone and that I need others and that I'm committed to giving to and serving others. They know every single Monday night I'm not tucking them in the bed because I'm here in the East Tower leading a ministry called Regeneration for Students. It's a recovery ministry for teenagers. And they know that God has called me and put me on this earth not just to care for and serve them, but one night each week, care for and serve others who need healing and hope that is found in Christ. So here's the question for you guys is this. How would, you fill, how would your kid fill in these blanks? My parent is influenced by blank group of people. Like, who would your kids say are the primary influences in your life? Would they be able to list names or some group of people? And then, would your kid even know what a station on the battleship is, a place of service? You see, church is not meant to be like a cruise ship where you just come and be served and decide if if it's a comfortable experience for you. A church is intended to be a place where people come to know the goodness of God and then go to war against evil in this world and the temptation that is destroying people's lives by pointing people towards a life-saving, healing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every single one of us does it in a unique and different way. And so my station on the battleship is regeneration for students. My kids know tonight it's here. Would your kids have an answer to where your place of service is? So, In conclusion, what are the healthiest kids that I've observed growing up to become adults have in common? It's this. The single most powerful predictor of healthy kids is at least one parent whose life is being personally transformed by God. When they see it happen, 
They want it to happen in their own life. And they know where you went to have it happen, and they want to go there too. So these characteristics, that these mark you, your kids stand a great chance. Number one, a humble authenticity about your own need for transformation. Number two, an obvious devotion to understanding and obeying the word of God. And then number three, an uncompromising commitment to prioritizing God's provisions of community and service. He's given us community, and he's given us the opportunity to serve as a gift that he's provided to us, not an obligation we have to do. And when we embrace those gifts, our kids will follow our example. So I want to close with just one quick story. I told you that um, I get to work on Monday nights with teenagers who come to this recovery ministry. So they come in broken and hurting, and sometimes they don't know why. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of suicidal thoughts, a lot of self-harm, a lot of guilt and shame for bad decisions that they've made in their teenage years, and they're coming here looking for hope and looking for healing. And we, we let kids come from sixth grade all the way through 12th grade. And there's these couple kids that uh, have been coming, uh, some siblings, and uh, one of the, the young men I was talking to, and he's a real precocious seventh grader, real talkative, real smart. And I'm talking to him, uh, getting to know him a little bit, a couple weeks in, and I said, hey, uh, what brought you here? Like, why did you decide to come to this program? And this is crazy what he said. He goes, well, my parents weren't getting along very well. They were fighting a lot. And, uh, and their, their marriage was falling apart. I mean, this is like a seventh grader. He's, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He's talking very articulate. And he says, they actually got separated. And they weren't living together. And things were really bad in our house. And uh, my dad decided to go to a ministry at this church called Regeneration. And he, he could not fix his marriage. So what he decided to do was go try to fix himself and see if he could get help from God. And I saw my dad's life begin to change. And I saw the way he treated my mom begin to change. And then I saw my mom start going to Regeneration. And then they said, once they finish that ministry, they're going to go together to re-engage. And I was like, okay, that's a good story, but why are you here? And he said, I saw the change in my parents, and I thought, I need to get to know God the way my parents have gotten to know God, because I need some things to change in my life. And boy, did he ever, because a couple weeks into the program, he began to share things with his leaders that he never shared with anyone else before. And there's significant hurt and pain in this kid's life, but he's able to find a group of people that are loving him, that are accepting him, that are pointing him towards truth and hope and healing in Christ. And the only way he's found himself in that environment to be able to say out loud some of the hard things he's experienced in life, the only reason why that kid's there is because his parents begin to move towards God and invite God to transform their lives. So I'm so encouraged that you guys are all sitting in this room tonight. And I'm encouraged for you, for your individual lives, and for your marriages. But as somebody that has loved and served young people, 6th through 12th graders here at Watermark for 19 years, I'm encouraged for your kids. Because I know the impact that your life change will have on them. And I want to encourage you to keep going. And you keep striving to be that kind of parent whose life is being personally transformed by God. And then you don't have to do this whole list of things and make sure you teach your kids all these things and get them to small group every week. We'd love to partner with you and help you in that way. But none of those things matter as much as your life being transformed 
and you just being here tonight, you're having an impact on your kids. So I want to pray for you, pray for them. We've got a few announcements, and we'll get out of here. Great. Well, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, the opportunity you've made for me to be here this evening. I pray that uh, anything that I said that was not what you wanted me to say, it would be quickly forgotten. People would remember your word and the encouragement and the admonishment from it. pray that they'd be inspired, everyone in this room, uh, to just continue to come to you every single day, not just during this program, but every day for the rest of their lives. Say, all right, God, I need to be more like you today. I'm not perfect. I'm I'm far from perfect, and I need you to continue to shape me into your image, to refine me, to make me more like your son. Would you help me do that today? Um, and Lord, as these, these individuals uh, bring their lives to you, I pray that you would transform their marriages, transform their families, or future families. Because we know, just from experience, from observing the powerful impact that parents have in the lives of their children. And I pray that the impact would not be destructive or negative, but it would be Christ-centered, God-exalting, and a blessing to every kid's life. So would you help us to move in that direction today? In Jesus' name, amen.